Hey everybody, welcome back to another special episode of the Wrestling Wow Black Podcast. We got on another special guest. Uh, you've heard him before. His insight to the, the world of wrestling is so refreshing. Such a dope guy. Um, we had an adventure-filled New Year smash on AEW Dynamite, and we're going to do a little post-show here. We're going to talk about some of the highs and lows and all the in between. We really want to get a good uh, feed, you know, a good idea of what um, you know the community thinks. So, I'm also want to send out a special thanks to our folks that are listening to us in Germany, Brazil, Canada, Ecuador, in the UK, also in the US. Thank you guys all for taking time to listen to us ramble on about pro wrestling. So we look forward to this episode. And, and so everybody welcome in Kwame. What's up, bro? Yeah, how's it going? Man, an action-packed filled AEW New Year smash. Um, a lot of things that, that had people talking. Um, I'm excited to, to kind of get your feedback and uh, kind of dig in a little bit. So here we go. Um, let's start off. They had a 10-man tag match to start. Uh, FTR, Private Party, Hardy bro- the Hardy Brother, uh, Matt, um, Lucha Bros, Jurassic Express. Um, yeah. What do you think, man? Man, that that right there is an example of um, you know Chad team overbooking. <laughs> like that, that that was just that was just way too much overbooking. There was no need for uh, a ridiculous ten man tag because most of those ten man tags are, are really bad, to be honest. Yeah, and they're just and they're just so overbooked. So uh, going into twenty twenty two, AEW definitely needs to have the scale back on overbooking these. Six, eight, 10, 12, 14, man, man. <laughs> I agree with you. And and the thing about that is, which is tough, we know we want to get people on TV, right? Well, what that means is you have to be more strict and you have to be better rounded in the way that you book these matches. You can't have always have one match taking 30 and 40 minutes on two hours of television. It's good to have some really good physical matches, but at most, in my opinion, on television matches, maybe 15 minutes at most, what are your thoughts on that in terms of timeline for matches, in your opinion, and pacing of yeah, AEW Dynamite? Mm-hmm. You know, you know the pacing. You know, is uh, I would say pretty solid. Pacing is pretty solid. You know, there were uh, you know some things that I didn't like about the show, like uh, the I, I I can't stand the character of Dan Lambert. The Dan the Dan Lambert stuff needs to go. Mm-hmm. Like the Dan Lambert slut shaming promos have gotten really awful and out of hand. Yeah. And uh, last night, he slut shamed Brandon, and Brandon retaliated by, uh, I'm a black bitch, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> hold, hold your horses, uh-huh. sir. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> it's a waltz, not uh, it's not the A-Town stomp. I got it. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get back. I definitely understand. I, I agree with you in some ways, too. 
Um, the the crowd had great energy, though. I will say one thing about this crowd in Jacksonville, yeah. despite them being there, fifty six percent of their uh, shows being there because of the pandemic and other things, they were very hot. Yeah. I love how they teach they they tease some things with Wardlow and MJF, some uh, some yeah. possible dissension there, um, palatable. Uh, that was interesting. So um, we shall see, you know. But yeah, definitely interesting. And then we had another one. Yeah, you're right again. Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Daniel Garcia, and 2.0 again. In my opinion, just like with you, a lot of people, it's cool, but it, it's a little, you need to, you don't want to be so heavy handed with the multi tags, like you said. Yeah, and, um, you know, Eddie Kingston did not like Chris Jericho coming out there and saying Santana Ortiz. And I'm like, Eddie, just get those two out of, uh, you know, Swagger because, man, they've been hanging in low, limbo for so long. They've been kept away from uh, the AEW World Tag Team title scene. So I'm like, Eddie, please get them out. Just have them, you know, Torrey Hill and Jericho beat his ass, leave him later, and uh, just absolute reunite. Exactly. 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 Um, but, yeah, but let's hop onto that Brandy thing real quick. Uh, so, 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 so really break down. I, I heard you kind of give us a general idea of your opinion. Where, if you were going to grade this on cringe, right, uh, from an A to a F being, A being very cringe, no, 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 A being not cringe, F being cringe, where do you put it on the cringe scale? F plus. <laughs> it was that bad, bro? Yeah, man, it was extremely cringe to fucking watch. Really? Tell, well, well, explain I'm, it, because I didn't, I'm, I can, I'm, like, I'm yeah. like, hold up, hold yeah. up, I'm like, Man, this was to me. This was beyond cringe because, like, this stuff, like this should, this stuff should not even been on television. This was way too cringy for my liking. This, this was pretty easily the low light of the entire show, and a lot of people were talking about this segment, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so so I'm gonna I want to explore your feelings a little bit more. This is what my thought was, right? Initially, the fire between the two and the in the cadence. And Brandy being able to stand toe-to-toe with Dan Lambert uh, back and forth, I enjoyed. Um, again, where she... I know AEW doesn't really do a lot of scripting, which is fun. I appreciate it. Um, but And sometimes in the way of trying to be edgy, sometimes you know they put their foot in their mouths. But that's the trade-off whenever you're trying to not be as scripted and as you know overly uh, produced as WWE. There's always a trade-off. For better or for worse, I appreciate that. Now... A lot of people, I agree with what you're saying. A lot of people have said, you know, that was cringy for her to call herself a black bitch. Um, this is my thing. It would have been different if, if Dan Lambert had called her a black bitch. That would have been totally different. But for Brandy, who's just really going off the cuff and trying to go toe and toe, I don't know if that was her best choice of words. I think definitely could have been something else. But that's also, like I said, the trade-off when you're going toe to toe and you're going off the cuff. Um, what, so do you? So the other things about her being uh, like a stripper name and stuff, you think that was cringy? Yeah. Is it because she's a black woman or is it just because of any woman in general? What are your thoughts? Particularly because she's a black woman. Because when you're, even though I can't speak for them per se, but from coming from a black male perspective, you know, when you're a black woman in wrestling, any black female wrestling wrestler or other people like in wrestling will tell you this: a black woman already has two strikes against her. Yeah, she's that's true. Put on the, she's put under a heavy microscope 
she is constantly pressured to go out there and perform at a high level. And Bianca Belair even talked about this in a recent interview where as a chief as a black woman, she doesn't have the luxury of going out there and perform because of the added pressure that is put on black women like her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. It is a double-edged sword, especially when you have women like Brandy who traditionally don't fit in, into any real box. She's, I call her an all-American, you know, black woman. She's, she's, she's she, who she is. She doesn't fit any, she does stare. You can't, it's very difficult for most people generally to stereotype her. She doesn't come off as a Shaniqua. She doesn't come off as a Hillary. She just comes off as, you know, kind of an all-American, you know, maybe a little bit preppy, but not too much. Um, and, my whole problem was it was just what was the motive for Dan Lambert? Because with this whole Cody thing, him not being a heel and him not being a face, you know, him just being a winner with the T-shirt that just came out. It's really, are you trying to use Dan Lambert to take the heat off of Cody and to balance it out? And if so, I think that's a cheap way of doing it. I think there, there's a better way that it could be done. And it makes me more agitated at Cody for him not to come out to Brandy's rescue. Maybe that's part of the plan that they're doing. How did you feel uh, when Cody didn't come out to, to defend his wife? What was your thoughts on that? Something tell me that he's uh, using Dan Lamb as a ploy to, uh, you know, not turn heel. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, he's like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my wife out there to the walls to Dan Lambert so that way he could bury her on the mic and slut shamer. So that way, this will take all the heat off me. That's exactly what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how this story goes. Um, I'm glad that, um, you know, Ethan Page is getting a match against Cody, which is good. Obviously, based off, you know, with this storyline and arc, I think that um, Cody will go over. I, I look forward to seeing the next progression of Cody's so-called new character and where he takes this. Um, but it's very intriguing and yeah, I could definitely empathize with those who felt it as cringe. Um, but you know, I, I think it's, it, it, overall, it was a good fiery back and forth. I, I did think, um, it lost some steam towards the end of it. Um, and we'll see where it goes. All right. Now, um, I really want to hop into the main event here. Uh, we had Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill. Thunder Rosa, an excellent worker. She's been such a great addition to AEW's women's roster, to the company in general. Great, lovable human being. Jade Cargill continuing to work and develop uh, in the ring. This is going uh, longer than any match Jade Cargill has done on Dynamite. I'm really testing and working out the psychology. Kwame, you said a wonderful thing on social media. Explain your thoughts on Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill, walk us through your perspective, psychology-wise, and just overall match quality, and and where you think this takes Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill. What are your your thoughts? Well, first off, I would like to say the match was fire. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I. You know, these two women had you know great chemistry. Uh, the psychology was really good. Both of the women looked great. I love the story of you know Rosa targeting Jade's uh, left leg to kind of, you know, limit her speed and her uh, offensive capabilities. And I love how Jay uh, stole that spray left, uh, that spray left leg. Man, and to see her, like, do a Samoan drop on Thunder Rosa and then kick it back up on that spray left leg was dope. 
Yeah. And and the and the, and the sickest moment of the match to me was when Jay did that shit running pump here on front of Rosa. She fucking not, she fucking not Rosa out. <laughs> she surely on, did on the on, on that on, on the spray left leg. That was dope. Yeah. Not too many people get, not too many people can say they can do that shit. Yeah. Or get away with and it. I'm like, yeah. This, this match. I'm like, this match is just such good shit. <laughs> I love your passion, Kwame. I love it. And yeah, and, and this Man, is the... I, 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 absolutely, I absolutely love the match. The match was a star-making performance for Jay Cargill, unlike Liv Morgan, who who did not get a star-making performance match against Becky earlier this month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, match right, this match right here, this match right here legitimately solidified Jay Cargill as a star. And next week is her official coronation when she becomes CBS Women's Champion. I agree with you 100%. And and what a lot of people will say, you know, honestly, I give a lot of kudos to for Thunder Rosa because we know that yeah. we all know Jade is green. Okay, internet. Okay? Get the fuck off of it. Just like anybody else. Brock Lesnar was green at one point in time. Had a limited move set when he was younger. He was very explosive, but he had to work on his, his stuff. And so did Goldberg. The so When he had his yep. streak, he had to work and develop and get things together. But it doesn't take away from her charisma. It doesn't take for her wanting and improving match after match. We know it's not going to be from... Um, it, it's not going to go from, uh, you know from one level to the next so huge it's not going to go let's say as an example uh like you're going to go from being a starter in college to being a nfl all pro but the journey is there the work is putting there you can see it and thunder rosa working with her and getting that chemistry down because we know the match wasn't necessarily the smoothest but it was enough to get jade over as a powerhouse and she's working well and and if we're going to use her um and if people are going to talk about work rate and everything jade cargo is a powerhouse the way that she's going to get over is to continue to dominate and overpower people she does have to get smoother but people have to realize when you look at other women wrestlers right one thing about other women wrestlers let's just use bianca belair as an example right and also sasha banks those women are relatively shorter women Bianca Belair is 5'7". Jade Cargill is 5'10". So with moving around with a slightly bigger frame and a little bit more longer, you know, just overall, just bigger, just she's just a little bit taller. She's a little bit more lanky. There is more to work with. She's trying to work with that. So you, I think it's honestly unfair to to expect her to be um, a Kenny Omega <laughs> in less than two, three years of pro wrestling. Um, she's getting better. That's the question. Is she getting better? Is she able to go longer? Is she able to tell the story in the ring? And from a psychological perspective, from a physicality perspective, from a charisma perspective, she is there. So please stop trying to do these unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, where, where I don't hear nearly as much as Brick Baker getting the same type of heat. Brick Baker, of course, had one of the matches. He had a great match, a physical match with Thunder Rosa as well. But Brick Baker has work to do as well, and she is world champion. How do you feel personally when you hear some of these unrealistic expectations for Jade Cargo versus a person like a, um, you know, a Britt Baker who's been professional wrestling way longer than Jade Cargo and still has work to do. Do you think it's unfair? It's unbalanced in your opinion? Yeah, it, it totally is. And uh, the more that I see Jade, you know, wrestle, the more better she gets. Man, yes, this is e- this is this is easily her best match. Yes. Britt Baker had the best match of her career against Rosa back in March of this year, 
Jay Cargill had the best match of her career against Rosa. So, uh, yeah, when this, this, it's kind of like God's delivery for Jay because she can only, you know, become so much better from him. She's kind of like at that spot where Bianca Belair was in 2017 when she started off in NXT. Exactly. Because when Bianca Belair, when Bianca Belair started, I loved her as a heel, man. She was whooping these indie darlings' ass. Any, any female indie darling that came to her, oh, she whooped their ass. She dominated. She walked and beat them in glorified squash matches, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got better. She got better and better. Uh, as time progressed, especially on, on, during the first few years on the main roster. And look what she had now. She had, she had the best year of her career in 2021. Had that fire main event match with Sasha at Mania. Won the Royal Rumble. Uh, wrestled at Rolling Loud. You know, appeared on, I think, Sports Illustrated Awards. She's done TV appearances, so she's like a crossover superstar. Whereas Jay, you know, whereas Jay is a star, but she has a very long way to go before she can never reach the level of a Bianca Belair. Without a question. Because both because both of them are power outers. Exactly. I look at Bianca Belair I look at Bianca Belair's recent matches with uh Dewdrop, man, she's just absolute power out. That was better than Hogan's fucking body slam and Andre. I agree with you hundred and twenty percent. That KOD was a thousand times better than Hogan body slam Andre at WrestleMania three. I agree. And and we get the historical connotation. I can respect that that Hogan piece. But in terms of the where we are now, yes, I agree with you 120%. Um, other things that I wanted to talk about, you know, and, and really giving uh, Thunder Rosa her flowers here. Hold up. I'm going to clap, clap her in. Yes, sir. Thunder Rosa is lovable. Thunder Rosa has a kindness about her. She has a genuineness about her. She has a true winner spirit. And I do look forward to her taking the title off of Britt Baker. In my opinion, if we're looking at the early portion of 2022 and somewhere midpoint, Thunder Rosa should be the one to take the title off Britt Baker. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. You know, we, yeah, I definitely give Thunder Rosa a flower because, man, she's one of the top five best women's wrestlers out there. You know, don't get me wrong. She's a star as well as Britt, but they're not like superstars like the four horse women or Bianca Belair. Yeah. Not even close to that because they have done things that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker would never do. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, win the Royal Rumble, may event WrestleMania, uh, you know, uh, have a hell in the cell match. Yeah. They, they, they've done it all. And uh, Thunder Rosa, she is such a likable persona. Uh, you know, she has that unique look about her. Mm-hmm. You know, she has that half face paint, which pays tribute to a Mexican heritage. Because mm-hmm. I, um, you know, re- recall reading this interview, what she did, what she said, man, she mentioned hated her Mexican heritage at one point because of uh, the stereotypical Mexican images that she saw in WWE back then. Yeah. But then as the years went by, she embraced it. Yeah. Because, um, man, she she just go out there, put on a good match, make opponents look good, and just absolute kick ass. And I love that about. Her. I agree. And she is she is she is definitely the one to dethrone Britt Baker and beat her for the AEW Women's Title. Uh, hopefully, this can may event like either another episode of Dynamite or even uh, their next pay per view, which is coming up in almost a month. It's like two months. I agree. She's a lovable underdog. Britt Baker is the perfect foil, the perfect heel, the perfect counterbalance for her. 
Um, and, and, and you know what? I like Ruby Soho. I just don't think it's her time now being so new into AEW. Yes, she's, she's putting on, she, she's, she has a great emotion. She has a fighter spirit. She reminds me in a lot of ways. Um, she has such a fiery spirit. Um, in a, in a combative spirit, I think it's just not time for her to win now, but I think what you do is you put the title on Jade, Jade talks her shit, Jade, you know, walks into TBS, she carries that belt maybe for a month or two, right, but then you have Ruby Soho fighting spirit, fighting spirit, fighting spirit, underdog, keeps losing, keeps getting screwed over, keeps losing, keeps getting screwed, and then you finally coronate her as TBS champion at another pay-per-view or another specialized event as AEW does. But I think you give the title to Jade because she, she has the charisma. She's the homegrown talent. You don't want to bring someone right in and give them the belt off the rip and AEW doesn't want to have that reputation of doing that. And then eventually as she works her way through Mercedes Martinez, through Jade Cargill, through being screwed over, being um, taken, you know, taken under. Um, she finally gets that title. I think there's a better story to be told with Ruby Soho finally winning the TBS channel championship than initially getting the TBS. There's more money to be made. There's more story to be told. What are your thoughts on that Kwame? Oh man, that's a good idea. And, uh, to, and for someone like, and for Jay to have someone, and for Jay to learn under the tutelage and guidance of Indy Legend Mercedes Martinez, man, that's only going to really make her even so much better because Mercedes Martinez, she's a 21-year veteran. We have seen instances of young guys learning under the older guys, whether it was Randall and Bautista on the Triple H and Rich Flair back in the day or uh, Cody LaRose learning under Randy uh, back in the day or even... Uh, you know, MJF London under, um, uh, you know, Tony Blanchard or even, you know, Darby on the scene. So, you know, having a, a, a old guy, an older legend, you know, that can teach and help these younger guys and girls, man, that really will make them so much better in the long run. I agree with you 120%. We, we, we got to get out of the emotionality of it and we got to frame it with a storyline, frame it what does one get and what does one lose? And how are we going to tell a story that's compelling enough and interesting enough to let us go for the ride and pay attention and when it finally culminates to feel the value? And there's a lot of value to be held there. And so I appreciate you, uh, you know, mirroring that as well. And as we move forward, um, I want to get into CM Punk. I love the fact that CM Punk made an appearance. He doesn't always have to be in a match. He's carrying the banner for AEW, and um, he's doing his thing. Also, forgot to talk about it. Jim Ross, the venerable Jim Ross, Jim Ross is back, healthy, beating uh, cancer of the leg or foot, um, and, and uh, hopefully continuing to stay healthy, to hear his voice, to see the embrace that the universe has had for him, not just in uh, AEW, but across the international wrestling community. What a wonderful thing to see Jim Ross being embraced that way. And I'm so happy he's healthy because we've lost a lot of people in 2021. But to have Jim Ross here and hear his voice, I'm thankful for that. What are your thoughts on the um, CM Punk coming back, talking, and also Jim Ross's return? What are your thoughts on that, Kwame? Well, you know, it's a, you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of JR ever since, you know, uh, the late 90s, you know, the early 2000s. Man, and the, you know, hear that he came back and beat cancer. That right there is inspirational. That right there is special. 
And for CM Punk to, you know, appear on Daily's Place for the first time, come the promo, I admit it's fantastic. He is one of the top 10 greatest talkers of all time when it comes to promo work in professional wrestling. I agree with you 120%. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing return for JR. Now we get to the main event. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. <sighs> okay. I didn't really care for the, the main event because of this. I know Orange Cassidy has a place. He's a comedic wrestler, right? I understand and I get it. Still upset about Will Hobbs losing to Orange Cassidy because, in, again, from a psychological point of view and from a reality point of view, as we're trying to get as close as we can to simulated combat, there's no way in fucking hell that Orange Cassidy could beat Will Hobbs on his best day in a legitimate match, right? And I think that was the worst thing to do. Um, Orange Cassidy could take a loss because people still love him. And I don't know where he is on the card. I just don't know where he is. And for him to be put into this Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and the best friends, I know you're basically the, you know, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly are elevating the best friends in Orange Cassidy. And AEW has done a good job of trying to elevate other folks who are perceived as so-called uh, lower card type gentlemen. But from an interest point of view, from a person who's watching a main event or maybe a casual, it's not something that I'm truly interested in and I think maybe they're super serving their their audience for those who care about the Undisputed Era and Orange Cassidy but overall as a main event on their New Year's show I don't know from a casual from a person who's coming outside looking in is that a hook and if we're talking about trying to get ratings and do things of that nature then what does this say as a main event I'm not necessarily sold on that main event Kwame your thoughts to me, that, that match should have, I will say, that match should have opened the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Brien, Bobby Fish, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions around them three was that, uh, oh, they're quote-unquote WWE guys, but that's not true because, man, they were killing it, man, on the Indians, especially in places like, man, New Japan and uh, Ring of Honor, TWG, before they even got to WWE. Man, they were multiple-time world champions world champions, tag team champions and all that. So yeah, but this main event right here was kind of a miss for me because this felt more like a um more like a filler match than a main event match. So I'm thinking, yeah, this should definitely open the show. Yeah. I felt like the J I felt like the J from the Rosen match should have main evented that show. Exactly. I exactly. And that may say, again, we know she's green and stuff, whatever. But again, as you build her, you continue to develop her. Um, we need to be realistic with expectations. When we look at Becky Lynch's and our Britt Bakers and we look at other folks who have a more brawling style, you know, we have to stop trying to make black women specifically superheroes when it comes to their performance and being so critical because when we look at Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is not body slamming really people like that. She's not doing backflips off the top rope. She's not doing any anything that's really out of the ordinary from a brawling style typically. And Jade has done some unique things in the last two weeks specifically um, that that uh, that one, uh, she did like a fireman's carry slam with the like the twist of the arm and she did something th- that super pump kick. She has this explosive athleticism that is that if she knows how to use it, re- utilize correctly and as she continued to develop her moveset and add weapons to her repertoire, she will be must-see television and honestly in the next two years, I see her as carrying that title um, on AEW being a legitimate superstar. She has it all. Um, she's literally a star in the making. So, um, yeah, 
That's just my opinion. So overall, I grade this New Year's Smash as enjoyable. Uh, some ups and downs, but overall, solid work. We look forward to Rampage as we move forward and also the start of the new year in TBS and what that journey in that era looks like. Your final thoughts, Kwame? Well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very interested to see, you know, how down, how Dynamite will perform on, uh, you know, TBS next year because, you know, last night uh, was pretty much the end of an era as Dynamite had their final episode on TV, on TNT because, you know, TBS has a much more broad, broader international audience than TNT, so it makes sense for them to uh, move the main show to TNT. And hopefully, we'll see, you know, more. Uh, you know, black and brown wrestlers, specifically black wrestlers on Dynamite next year. That's exactly. what I'm hoping for. Exactly. You want it to look like United Nations on Dynamite. It doesn't have to look like, you know, <laughs> you know, some hedge fund capital space in uh, Manhattan, but we want a little diversity. Sprinkle some flavor in there. You put some flavor on that meat and that food and that gumbo, it tastes good. It's a mixture of different things and add some flavor. That's all we're asking. We're not asking for a BET, uh, AEW. No, we're asking for the United Nations and, and, and something that reflects across the board on major television. So Kwame, as usual, I appreciate your insight, your, your, your time. You're by far one of my favorite guests to have on because your perspective is so refreshing. And folks, thank you for listening to us and we look forward to producing more quality content as 2022 comes around. Hands up with the